Build your tribe with this quick tip from expert to the experts and New York Times best-selling author, Brendan Burchard. I just had a conversation not just this afternoon, someone saying, well, Brendan, I don't know what ads to run on my Facebook page. And I said, go to your insights, sort it by engagement, pick your most popular posts of all time. Those are things people like. Run an ad against that. You already have, you already know which images or which posts got the most. Those are good ones to start with out in the marketplace because you already know those got the most liked shares and comments. Part of learning to optimize any platform is knowing what already worked there and to keep doing it over and over and over again because it's already proven to work. Get ready to fine-tune your engines with your host, New York Times best-selling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and mother of two. At a towering five foot two, this internet marketing maven was once sent to Facebook jail, falsely accused of impersonating herself. Now she's here to help you turbocharge your life. Your host, Shalene Johnson. Hello everybody, we're very excited to introduce to you my very good friend, um, my mentor, and someone who I've just learned so much from, Brendan Burchard. Brendan, how are you? Hola. <laughs> so nice to be here. Awesome. Yes, it is. So my audience has been hearing about you forever because um, I'm I'm one of your lifers. I'm a, a huge fan. And when I say lifer, I mean just year after year, it's been proven you just take care of people. And you know, I, I just trust your advice and I trust your advice from afar. I mean, I, I, you know, even though we're friends and we talk on the phone and, you know, I've been to your place, you've been to my place, I still am, I consume your content because I'm always learning. Mm. And um, I want to share with the audience a little bit about how it is specifically you've grown this incredible tribe. I have to say that when I first met you, I couldn't find much of you in social mm. media. <laughs> right. And so I think most people who are listening are like, oh, okay, so, you know, to, to quote unquote, build my tribe and to uh, build my email list and my platform, I just need to spend night and day in social media. And that's where I was. And the first event that I went to, and walked into this just room crazed when you took the stage. I'm like, what rock have I been living under? <laughs> How is it that you had grown this really strong, loyal following and not doing it the typical way, at least in the beginning, I would say, um, through social media? Share with us your story a little bit. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, most of what I do today is helping people figure out one of two things, either motivation and high performance in their personal life or marketing and branding in their business life. And all of that came from me just trying to figure out in my own life. You know, I, I had my car accident when I was a 19 year old kid mm-hmm. and that inspired in me this just, this is huge drive to go out and help people understand that at the end of our lives, we're all going to evaluate our lives by asking three basic questions. We're going to ask whether or not, you know, did I live? As in, did I live my life? Was I alive and passionate and vibrant? We're gonna ask, did I love? You know, did I love openly and honestly and completely? And did I matter? Mm-hmm. Did I make some kind of difference? And that became a mission for me because as, if you heard that whole story, I know you have. I was unhappy with the answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't lived my life. I just been, I hadn't loved. I'd just been through a horrible breakup. I was suicidal for almost a year. I hadn't made a difference because I'd never really been taught to look outside of myself and thought about you know service in that way to the world. And those questions and being in that situation really transformed everything about me. It really made me go, oh my gosh, 
There's more to life. I need to enjoy this. I mean, that that, that joy and connection and, you know, sort of mission Mm -hmm. became so huge in my life. And so I tell people about these questions. I tell people about my journey and they, they all say, well, Brendan, you should go tell people about that. And from day one, I mean, as a 19-year-old kid, when that happened, people were literally saying, go tell people about that. And I'd always say, well, how? And I was in college at the time. And it's not like they had a, you know, an internet marketing course back then. You know, they didn't have the Marketing Impact Academy, your program <laughs> back then. I mean, there was no Experts Academy. There was no, I mean, there was just, there was nowhere to learn this stuff. Right. And so... Uh, I went and got a traditional job, a traditional corporate job, and it was a good job, but you know, I always say your busy work isn't always your life's work. I recognized the big difference between those two. I wanted to write and I wanted to speak. And so I sort of, <laughs> I always like to say, I kind of suffered through three or four or five years of trying to figure out this industry. And then I stumbled onto online marketing. I stumbled onto direct marketing. I stumbled onto, um, you know, leadership communication and how to share my message through just going to lots of different programs. And I finally kind of coalesced it into an approach put that into play and everything changed, you know, was literally at a point where I was so miserable at my job, I left it and quickly went bankrupt trying to share my message with the world and then really discovered these things and in 18 months had completely turned it around, went from literally bankrupt to I think I made $4.6 million in those 18 months. Okay, so that's the piece that is so interesting to our lifers. And I know that they're listening, thinking, okay, so how in 18 months, how did people find you? How did they mm-hmm. find you? Um, well, back then, you know, this was, this was a longer time ago. I mean, today would be a different strategy, which right. I'll speak to. But, I mean, back then, it was basically, you, you only had two strategies. You basically had ads and affiliates. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was... 2006 and seven, when I really, if you can't, you sort of broke through that barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there weren't these platforms that were so available and so free now today. And I mean, just uploading a video. Do you remember uploading a video in 2007? It was horrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It took like a day to upload a video. So if it, if it took you 18 months and it took, um, you know, I guess you could say the old fashioned way through advertising and just getting out there, do you think that that time frame is shorter today? I do because there's knowledge today. Is everyone going to hit, you know, $4 million? No. I mean, there was also uh, at that time, there was a huge hungry need in the marketplace for exactly what I had because it wasn't there. And that's a part of really building your tribe and, and finding your real customers who are going to be with you for life. There are people who currently today are not being served. And I'm so, so I'm so glad you said that um, because I try to impress upon people that it doesn't have to be this earth shattering, um, you know, groundbreaking development that you come up with. It's just even just a slice of what's not yet being taken care of. It's it's something that right now you're missing, so other people are missing it too. And it doesn't have to be as profound as other people think. People think they have to invent this big new invention that changes the world and, you know, would get millions of dollars of Kickstarter funding, you know? Yeah. And usually it's not like that. Usually when you're just starting to share your message and you're just trying to get out there in front of people, it's just about adding consistent value. I I really think that building a tribe today is so much more about consistent value then it is. Then it really is even at about the level of that value, mm. which I know sounds a little bit. I'm not saying it's not about that, but it's more. I know people who put 
unbelievably perfect, amazing, complete, awesome content out in the marketplace, but they only do it every three months. And they're like, I don't know why I can't get any momentum. Wow. <laughs> it's because they're perfectionists and a perfectionist is somebody you know, who's fooling themselves into thinking everything has to be complete or perfect before they release it. When the reality of our world today is to, to release it, see what happens, to improve upon it and to keep going because until something is complete and released, it can't be perfected. Yeah. You, you can't perfect something until it's out there and you see what, you know, holes or problems or challenges it has. So it's about getting started and about putting something out there today. And, and today it is about this great mix that we have the ability of leveraging all these online tools of, you know, social media, you know, whether it's Facebook and Instagram and YouTube um, or Tumblr to, to be able to use all those tools to drive traffic that used to, you have to spend lots of money in the past and now you don't. It's right. wonderful. Isn't it amazing? Um, I have to share that the first time I went to one of your events, I I stood in line and could sense that a lot of people there knew each other. And it was a, a huge event. And um, there were just hundreds of people standing outside the doors waiting to enter the room. And I sensed that people knew each other and they were talking about, you know, your your latest content and your last seminar. I felt a little like, wow, there's like a real community here. Mm -hmm. And a gentleman who I was seated next to um, kind of looked at me and everyone was clapping, going wild. And I was just had this look on my face like, what is this? <laughs> and um, he, he said, is this your first Brendan event? And I said, yeah, obviously you've been to an another event with Brendan. He's like, oh, yes, absolutely. I go to everything. And he looked at me <laughs> like, you know, dead in the eyes and as if like, how could you not go to everything? And that's when it, you know, one of those moments when I realized there's something special here that people feel it's important to be plugged in. What do you think makes the difference between a customer and someone who is what I call your lifer? Uh, I think it's just the approach that you have as a person serving them. You know, you, you can look at someone as, as a customer or a buyer, and I think everybody else does that. And I think, I mean, I think Madison Avenue looks at people as customers and buyers. I think that, you know, people when they first start out and they really need a lot of money, you know, they're trying to pay the rent or pay for their kids' tuition, they're, they see people as dollar signs mm -hmm. and unwittingly end up sabotaging their own success because they're not thinking of people as people who are on a journey and people who are on a journey are to me, you know, always dealing with struggle and they're always dealing with challenge and they have what I call this ambition line where they can see where they're at today, but they have a higher ambition and they're wondering what steps they'd have to climb to climb that ambition line to achieve a different level of prosperity or happiness or abundance or love or connection in their life. And it's about seeing people, I don't look at them as a dollar sign, I look at them as a student. Mm -hmm. The way I've always looked at the people I work with is they're a student. They're not a disciple. They're not a dollar sign. They're a student. And I'm a student. That We're both students together. And I'm just going to share, here's what I've learned. Because a lifer to me, I think that's what experts are. I think an expert is always a student first. I don't think any expert always says, well, I'm done in my expertise. I've completed. Right. <laughs> you know? They're like, no, they're always going to be learning. And if you assume that your customers are always learning – they are always struggling and they are always striving. It motivates you to serve those needs. 
And now a lifer, the only reason they become a lifer is because you are constantly meeting them where they are and you're constantly helping them to go to a new level. And that's your true intention. And then you're doing it with these three things I always say are so important in, at least in my industry, is that you're doing it with first and foremost distinction. You're, you're trying to say, where are these people and where do they want to go? What do they need help with? And how can I help them get there in a different or unique way? And then we're also concerned about excellence. How can I help them get there in a more excellent way than they've ever experienced with other providers or my competitors? And then there's service. How can I do it in a way that they feel totally taken care of with customer service, but they also recognize that this is my service, this is my mission, that they can see that you know, this is something that's deeply important to me. Because the difference between a customer and a lifer is uh, often a customer will think that you care because you're getting money. Correct. A lifer will know that you care because it's part of your mission and you care for them. Yeah, I love that you say you're a student and that you're the people who you take care of are also students because that was what drew me to you. I, I would say I, I'm not a great student, so it's made me a better teacher. And mm. the first time I watched one of your videos, I'm like, this guy is He's teaching. I don't need, I mean, you're very, very motivational, but I don't need motivation. I've got the motivation. I need the steps. I need the how to. I need somebody to, you know, pull back the curtain and show me exactly how to do this. And the very first video I watched of yours, I was like, what? He's just telling you how to do this? This is, (laughs) and it's literally like, not like, here's what you need to do. But here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's what it looks like, and here's the forms you can download and do it yourself. And mm. I really felt like this is um, someone who I, you know, I, I can learn from. And I love that you've brought that up, that it is because you are a student, and then once you've learned something, you share it. Yeah, my, I think that's a big part of it. See, a lifer, if they see you as quote-unquote complete – Mm-hmm. Right. They see you as you're you're perfect. You've got everything together. You know what's going to happen in two or three years. They're either going to be tired of you because you haven't improved and gone the extra mile. Mm. But mm. if they sense that they are growing with you, that's what a community really is. You know, a, a community is a group of people, not that just that they're together in proximity or style or interest, but they actually sense that they're growing together. It's like a small town that feels like it's getting you know, becoming a bigger town. If they can see you as the provider or the expert or the guru or the the advisor or the coach or the business owner that is with them and growing with them, it's completely different. There's a great story of uh, of a town, actually it's up here in the Northwest, that had basically two cupcake stores, literally within, I think about seven or eight blocks of them themselves. One of them was this corporate uh, thing that was trying to start across America when cupcakes were huge. And one was the local store. And every morning and every afternoon and every night, this local store had a line out the door. And the corporate store, which had been spending money and money and money on ads, 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 mm-hmm. could not take out this mon pop operation. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. Well, the mon pop operation is truly a member of the community. Their struggles, the community feels. Their triumphs, the community feels so that when we succeed in our business, we should be able to share that and share it not from a place of ego, but a place of gratitude with our community. It's coming from a place of where the community can see us struggling when, when we're, when we're, you know, I'm always talking about in my emails to my groups, you know, I used to really struggle with this. 
Or right now, this has been really bothering me. So here, let me tell you about this person I'm interviewing who has the answers for me. So that they're part of that growth journey with me. It translates into the community. They see it in themselves and they want to be a part of it. Um, That's so true. And just as you're saying that, I'm thinking about all the times when I received communication from you that I was like, now, is this an email to me personally or is this to, you know, is this from the list? Is this an email? My mom says that. (laughs) I love it. That's just beautiful. I'll say, Brendan, was this to me or is this to your people? (laughs) But like what you just said is, you know, it's, it's one of those subtle uses of word choice where it's every accomplishment you have, you always say, we did it. Look what yeah. we did. And what other things do you do intentionally that make people feel very much a part of something? I think being a part of it is always informing them, you know, before, during, and after, as silly and simple as that sounds. Um, a lot of marketers often start the conversation too late with their people. Hmm. And they don't really know what's going on. They're, they're just like, what? What's happening? There's a sale? It's like, take the time to warm people up and let them know what's going on. It's just like, you don't just grab your kids and drop them off to a new school one day. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. If your kids are changing schools, if there's, a new, if there's a change up for your children, you're talking to them about it a couple of days. You're framing it. You're helping them think through it so that when it arrives, it's not some big shock. And I guess I approach marketing very similarly. I think consistent and clear communication is so huge. And then you overlay with that with two things. One you already said, which is, you know, overlaying it sort of with um, the intention that they know that you're caring for them. But I think the other one is that they sense without any question, without any question that there's real value there. Mm. It's almost like you have these two things we've been talking about. It's like, we've got that, that sharing of our struggle and that connection with their struggle, which you could call, you know, vulnerability, your vulnerability, your understanding of their vulnerability, and then value. Like we can't ever think it's about ego and personality because it's not. They'll flock away immediately as soon as the value goes away. Or the third V would be vision. If you're not helping paint a vision for them or with them of something along their ambition line that's extraordinary, that's amazing, you can get in trouble. Because I also know a lot of marketers and people who are great at building brands, they add a lot of value. They're good at the vulnerability and yet their people still go away. Hmm. It's because people have to know that there's the next ride. It's like when you go to Disneyland and, and you're, just, you're just so excited because there's so many rides. There's excitement when people can see into the future. They can see the next ride. They can see where they're going. They can see where they're climbing. They're struggling to. And if they don't have that vision, you know, biblically they perish. <laughs> it's like, but at a level of marketing and business, there's no excitement anymore. Even if the value is current, because without that connection of value and vulnerability to a vision, there's no sense of growth. So let me ask a question that's probably on the minds of some of our listeners. When you say vision, am I sharing my vision or am I sharing our vision? And if it's our vision, how do I make it generic enough that everyone says, yeah, that's kind of where I want to go? Yeah, I think you're sharing your vision personally and Mm -hmm. their vision individually. Look, guys, I know you are struggling with this. Got it. So it sounds that we're speaking to that individual. And that's why you, you read my emails. It's like, oh, wait, he's talking to me. He, you know, it's always at that individual level, even though, see, because the, the tribe is going to form around the social outlets. You know, they're, they're going to know they're getting emails. They're going to be on your Facebook page. They're going to be on your Instagram, on, on your Tumblr, or your blog. They're, they're going to, they're, they'll pool around those. But when you communicate with them, they want to feel that it's individual. And so your language has to be very casual with people. 
And it has to be very aspirational with people because, you know, everybody's struggling to grow. Everybody's struggling to deal with their stuff today. And if you don't avoid those things and it now becomes part of the communication theme, because all I'm talking about right now, people might go, yeah, 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 yeah. The only difference, Shaleen, is that I actually, in a very disciplined way, mm-hmm. make sure that vulnerability, I make sure that vision, I make sure the value is part of everything I do on such a consistent basis. Now, people might not see that big framework at play, but I know it's there. And because it's constantly there, they sense it and they're, they, they feel that something is very different. Because most people in business, because they see people as customers, all they do is sell them stuff. Yes. I probably send out, well, you know, I send out an email a week to my tribe. And out of that email, let's see, um, out of the whole year, I think I have 15 to 18 direct calls to actions for a sale. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, 40 some are just, hey, here's a new video on this topic that will help you accomplish A, B, and C. Go check it out. It doesn't mean that on that next page there might not be, you know, a link to my podcast or a link to my YouTube or a link to an offer over there or over here. But in terms of the direct conversation, people open my emails all the time because they they don't anticipate there's going to be a sale in there, even if there is. And so I think that's really important. It's that willingness to add that value over a long period of time that people just trust it'll be there. Now, this year in particular, your social media platforms have just exploded. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's just been remarkable. And I know you do so much with intention. Was there a switch? Was this um, a strategy? And how has it helped to grow your your tribe? Oh, my gosh, it's been huge. Um, it was a strategy. I actually, I came up with the idea, uh, last October and when I came up with it, uh, so from whenever this, this is airing, I know people might listen to it later. Um, so this came up for me about eight or nine months ago. I came up with this idea of how I could tie together all the social networks and my email and into some, into basically creating what I call circular virality. And I'll explain that in a moment because I know it's a fancy phrase. Say that five times fast. I know. Try to say that and you're from Montana. <laughs> it's 10 times harder. <laughs> right? Oh, like, my. A fancy phrase, a $10 phrase. Um, <laughs> so what ended up happening was I just I was like, I, just like everyone else, I was like, gosh, all these social media things, it feels like a job if I have to do them all. Right. It's not fun. And just too many things to keep up with. I wonder how I could add value and simplify my lifestyle and and the amount of content I'm releasing because I felt like I was doing too much. And frankly, like you had said, you hadn't seen me much on social media because I wasn't doing much. I thought it was annoying and I thought it was too much work. And I've always been more focused on doing the things that move the needle the most in my business. And that continues to be and always will be email. And Yet I saw an opportunity in social media to gather more emails by releasing specific types of content. So long story short, what I came up with was this, this idea about circular virality, which was, I thought, um, I mean, the best way to explain this, I guess, you know, the best way to explain it is how lazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now, most people wouldn't, you know, consider me lazy, I'm guessing, um, because we do so many things. But here's what I saw. I knew I wanted to do, for example, a YouTube show. And I saw all these people, you know, doing YouTube shows. 
And as I saw them doing them, they were doing these fancy interviews and they were doing these fancy, you know, graphics and they were doing, I mean, oh my gosh, they were super well produced. They had people, you know, putting makeup on them. I mean, they had, they were amazing. That's all I can say. They were truly, truly amazing. But I thought, well, I, I don't, I'm not good at that. I'd have to, you know, I'd have to learn a lot of new things. I would have to do a lot of different kind of work to accomplish that. I'd have to schedule things to be at places on time, you know? Right. And I just thought, this is too much work. How could I do what everybody is doing, but do it more simply? Mm -hmm. And this is where this idea came from. And, and basically, here's what it was. I realized, instead of trying to shoot a video and do a separate blog post over here and do a quote card on Facebook over there and, and an image on Instagram, that all those things could germinate from one piece of content. That if I could just create one piece of content a week, but create it with the intention that it could be reproduced into lots of different um, pieces of content that would serve people, then that'd be a home run. And then I thought, well, and if it didn't have to be, you know, fancy produced, then it would be even better. And so here's operationally what that looks like. Every week I shoot a YouTube video. I shoot that YouTube video on a specific topic that I know is relevant to my audience. If it's in motivation, then, you know, my, my, I have a, a big list in the motivation and personal growth in the high performance world. I know they care about, you know, overcoming their fears, committing to their dreams, figuring out what their next steps, dealing with rejection and frustration and distraction, finding out, you know, what's the most important to them, who they are, having confidence and courage, all these things. Those are topics. If they're in marketing, I know it's about, okay, how do I find new leads? How do I build my list? How do I get greater conversions? What's the next best thing I should be selling? Uh, you know, what else, what is that else is everybody else doing, et cetera. Right. So I have this list of all these things people are interested in. And what I do is I go into my studio now and I just look at the camera and for between five minutes and 15 minutes, I just riff on one of those topics. No notes, no fancy camera, not, just me talking. And I'll tell you, I, I didn't think it was going to work, but I thought this would be cool. I'll transcribe it. And that transcription will become the blog post. And I'll put it on YouTube, but I'll, ultimately I'll also put it on Facebook video. And from that transcript, I'll pull, you know, in any given 15 minutes, I might say one thing that's intelligent. And so <laughs> I'll grab that one thing that's intelligent. I'll make a quote card out of it, meaning a, a picture with, you know, the words over it, you know, motivational quote. Right. And I'll post that. Well, all I do now, it's what people are really stunned by, all I'm really doing that got all this growth. I think you missed one. Oh, what did I miss? A podcast. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I, I grabbed I grabbed the video or grabbed the audio from the video. Yes, and that becomes a podcast. And it, all of a sudden, like in a week's time, I'm like, wait a second, he's like number one on podcast. You were like new and and noteworthy, and you were number one in which categories? Uh, we we premiered number one in the world on all of iTunes podcasts. So we beat This American Life, NPR. Oh my gosh. Um, we beat Freakonomics. Uh, we, I mean, we literally were number one in the world not, across all categories, not just ours. And to and just then, clarify, that wasn't you sitting in a studio like I am right now recording a podcast. That was you taking one piece of content intended 
perhaps initially as a YouTube video, using that video, the audio from it, and and not doing anything special with it, but just turning it into a podcast. That's it. You know, we we literally recorded a separate, they called a bumper. Sure. So sort of an audio intro and an audio outro of for a podcast. And we just slapped that on either end of the audio pulled from the video. And that became the podcast. And so here's what happens operationally. Um, you know, I, I, I literally work one time at this. And for the record, I actually go in the studio over the course of two days. And in two days, I'll shoot 16 of these. Wow. Which gives me content for the next 16 weeks. So when I release one of them, one of these videos on YouTube, I email it out to my list. Um, and, you know, I, I grab that YouTube video. I post it on my blog with the transcripts. I email that out to my list. Of course, my list starts sharing it. Um, then I post a link to it on Facebook and all my social media outlets. They all like it. And that thing just starts going crazy. And then what happens, most people do that for one day and then they stop. What I do is I go and look the next day. I say, well, out of all that thing I did yesterday and all that stuff, which one seemed to be the most popular? And I say, oh, wow, they really like that specific quote card from Facebook. Great. And I'll store that. I'm going to post that three days later again. I see. So for clarification purposes, because lifers listening really love the nuts and bolts. So to clarify, when you're taking all of this content, are you, I know you're recording on one day and there's the process of editing and uploading, etc. Are you populating these social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, podcast, all on one day? Um, usually if okay. they allow scheduling. Okay. So like Facebook allows me to schedule out in advance. Um, and so that's what I'll be doing on that. Yes. And then to um, clarify one more thing about Facebook, are you uploading the video directly to Facebook or sharing the link from YouTube? I do it first with, uh, I share the first thing I do on Facebook is share the link to my blog. So I, I, I posted it on YouTube, but I, I actually embed it on my blog. So on Facebook, I'm posting the link to my blog. Got it. And then, uh, then throughout the week, though, I'll start doing it multiple modalities on Facebook. Then I'll post on Facebook instead of to my blog, I'll post directly to the YouTube video. And then I'll actually upload it to Facebook a couple days later, and then they can watch it directly on Facebook. The thing about circular virality, the high-level concept like we're talking about, is it, it's not that I'm creating more content than most people. Because lots of people are doing lots of shows and lots of content. It's that I'm repurposing it and reposting it more than most people. Now, Brendan, I'm going to ask the question that I know is coming to people's minds. And this might be because you have over a million followers on Facebook. How, what, what is it at last count? I think we were like 1.2 million um, <laughs> a couple of days ago anyway. That's just funny to me. It's so funny me to too. me. It's just it's amazing. Crazy. But so my my question is, um, what you the technique that you just shared with us, can the average person take the same piece of content and post to Facebook, as you said, here's that same piece of content on my blog, here's that same piece of content in my YouTube video, here it is uploaded directly to Facebook without there being too much overlap? Oh my gosh, how mean, how cruel of me to leave you right on the edge of your seats at that cliffhanger. But the good news is you can immediately download the second half of this interview with my friend and expert to the experts, Brendan Burchard. The man is genius. Can you just 
tell. I, I couldn't stop them. There's no way I could make this a 30-minute interview. There's so much great information here about building your tribe. Even if you listen closely to the word choice that he selects, like when I asked him um, how many people are on his Facebook fan page, he didn't say, I have. He said, I think we are up to 1.5 or whatever, 1.2 million, whatever he was at at the time of the call. But things like that make people feel like they're a part of a community. And you can see how natural that is for Brendan. His response wasn't calculated. He really feels as though we are up to this many people on our page. The answers and the next half of this interview are so interesting. I hope that you'll listen to it more than once. And I hope the first time you'll just listen and be entertained and, and take it all in. The second time, you really need to take some incredible notes. And uh, if you don't have the luxury of doing that while you're listening, just know that I've included amazing notes for you on my website. You just go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. And there I've included notes from my interview with Brendan about, gosh, I got to say the word now, circular virality. I don't even know how he says that so fast. You try circular virality. It almost sounds like a disease. It's a disease I'm looking forward to catching. All right, lifers, until next time, I can't wait until you tune into this next show. I just want you to remember that I love you, I adore you, and I'm so honored to have you a part of this tribe. Thanks for listening, lifers. Shalene invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser-focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com.